Hello there. Thanks for listening to the Elevate Christian Church podcast. We exist as a church to connect people with God and each other. Today's message comes to us from our lead minister and preacher, Kevin Barton. We hope this inspires you, grows you, and challenges you in your faith and your walk with Jesus. Enjoy! Uh, Last week, one of our associate ministers, Matt Walker, uh, preached about tomorrow, uh, about not worrying what tomorrow holds. And he kind of camped out uh, in this verse in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, or excuse me, verse 34, where Jesus says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And it was a great message. In that message, Matt reminded us that God is in control and that it does no good to worry about the things in the future. And we trust in God. Today is January 3rd, 2021. And so 2020 is behind us now. Like I said, Matt spoke to us about tomorrow. What I want to do is speak to you about yesterday. Uh, I think when we think of fear and anxiety, most people think about the future. What does the future hold? Is 2020 going to be any different? And they get all worried and they get all bothered by it. I think there's a large percentage of our population who may be a little bit like me. We don't really worry about tomorrow. Uh, What's in the future doesn't stress me out at all. It doesn't cause me any sort of anxiety. I am ready to be with the Lord when he is ready to take me. What brings me worry and what brings me anxiety is yesterday, the mistakes and the regrets of the past. You know, people tend to be quite different in the things they think about. Uh, Some people are always thinking about the future, the good and the bad, uh, the things that might happen to them in the future. There are others who who really live in the moment. They are only concerned with the present. Uh, They're not haunted uh, by their past. They're not worried about their future. But then there is this group of people who have an orientation more towards the past. And that's the group of people I want to talk to this morning. Those of you who might be haunted by your past. Satchel Paige was a great baseball player. He he was a pitcher, and he actually paved the way for many African Americans uh, to enter into the major leagues. Uh, Satchel Paige made famous the saying, don't look back, something might be gaining on you. In relation to our past. It was the great biblical scholar Warren Wearsby who said this, the past is a rudder to guide you, not an anchor to drag you down. We must learn from the past, but we don't live in the past. And someone else said, you can't start the next chapter of your life if you keep reading the last one. And so I want to go back to Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, the, the, the verse that w- we spent a good deal of time in last week and reread it. Jesus is just finished talking about not worrying that God's going to provide. Don't worry about what's going to happen in the future. And, and he says this, it's the great crescendo of the passage. Verse 34 of Matthew 6, therefore do not worry about tomorrow 
for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. If you would give me a little liberty this morning, uh, what I'd like to do is I'm going to, I'm not going to change that scripture uh, because that would be unbiblical, uh, but I want to change the tense of that scripture. So this is kind of the Kevin version. Um, I think it would be fair to, to say you could read Matthew 6, 34 like this. Therefore, do not worry about yesterday, for yesterday worried about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And I think this is the message that I need to hear, and I feel like maybe some of you need to hear, because we spend so much time in the past. I mean, everybody thinks about their past. You, you, you can't help it. Psychologists tell us that there are two ways to look at our past. One is a healthy way. The other is not so healthy. Uh, the, the first way that, that a person can kind of look to their past is through a process called introspection. Introspection means that we are thinking about things that happened in our past with an attitude of both curiosity and self-exploration. Okay, and so when we do this, this can kind of add color and depth to our life. Introspection can, can lead you to learning more about yourself, to, to knowing yourself fuller and deeper. This gives us better information on, on how we've changed over the years and what we need to do. So, so a couple examples of, of a person who looks at their path, past with introspection, uh, maybe it's a, a, a person who is very musically inclined. Uh, you can just pick up an instrument, uh, you can learn it, you don't even have to read music, you, you can play it. Uh, and you take an introspective look at your past. And maybe you remember your mama was always singing. I mean, all through the house, everywhere she went, she was singing. And your dad played the guitar and, and he bought you that guitar and he taught you that guitar. And then you look in your past and you learn that your grandfather and your great grandfather, they were also gifted musicians. You see, when you do that, it, it helps you understand why you're so musically inclined because it's, it's kind of in your DNA, it's in your genes. Another example of uh, healthy introspection uh, would be maybe your first relationship. Uh, you were head over heels in love and that person, uh, they didn't feel the same way and they shattered your heart into a million pieces. And that may be 20 or 30 years ago. And so even today, you're guarded with your heart. Well, taking an introspective look into that past can help you get over that in the life you live today. And so it's good. It's healthy to take an introspective look into our past and learn why we are the way we are. But there's also a very unhealthy way to look at our past. And I think a lot of people take this view. This is called rumination. Rumination is living life with regrets. It's kind of like spinning your wheels. Um, it, there's movement, it gives you something to do, but you don't really get anywhere. And so when people ruminate, they kind of overthink or they obsess about situations or life events from their past. 
Let me give you a couple of examples of of rumination. Uh, I see this a lot with fathers. Uh, Perhaps your children are are grown and they've moved out of the house, but and you look back to your past as a father and you realize, you know what? Maybe I wasn't the best father. And and so you replace scenario after scenario from from many, many years ago. I I should have hugged my kids more. I I should have been more patient with them. Um, I should have encouraged them more. I should have spent more time with my kids. You know, I was just a terrible father. And you're still living in the past, beating yourself up. Even though your children are still alive, they might be grown, and you can still repair that relationship. Another example of uh, rumination would be maybe someone who dropped out of college. And, and you constantly, in your mind, you think, where would I be today if I hadn't done that? I mean, look at me now. I can't believe I I was so silly and now I'm paying the price and you're kind of just stuck in that past decision. Uh, Or perhaps maybe you're a young lady and you had an abortion uh, many, many years ago and you live with that every day. Your mind can't help but to constantly go back to that. And so every Mother's Day is a struggle for you. Every Christmas is a struggle for you. Every due date that that baby would have had a birthday if it had been born on that day, it's a struggle for you. And you think, if I had only not done that, you know, I'd have this beautiful teenage daughter now or this this awesome teenage son now. And so you are perpetually stuck in the past. Your worry, your doubt, your fear, your stress, your anxiety uh, is not in what's going to happen tomorrow. It's still stuck in what happened yesterday. You're just in an everlasting time machine. One of my favorite movies of all time uh, is a movie called Napoleon Dynamite. Now, I realize it's not for everyone, but I absolutely love that movie. It's, It's become somewhat of a cult classic. And one of my favorite characters in that movie uh, is a man who goes by the name of Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico was apparently a football star uh, in high school, uh, and he's still living in those high school days. And so what I'd like you to do is take a look uh, at this clip, and I want you to see how he's living in, in this state of regret. And it produces anxiety and depression uh, that's not stemming from the future, but it's stemming from his past. You see, Uncle Rico was stuck in 1982. He was focused on what should have happened, how much different life would look like if the coach had put him in. They would have won state. He would have went to the NFL. uh, He would have had all this money. uh, And so he is just stuck there. And it brings him anxiety, depression, and worry. It causes him to live with regret, and it robs him of any joy for the future, much less the present. You know, that's me at times. This is where my worry and my doubt stem from, past injustices, past mistakes, past failures, over and over and over again. I always kind of go back to the past, and, and, and it's not in a good way. It's always to beat myself up. Today is January 3rd, 2021. Today has been exactly 29 years ago that my mother took her own life. 
29 years ago this day, I was on the phone with her. I was at a basketball tournament in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and I was trying to talk her down. Uh, she had called and said, I can't do this anymore. Uh, life has just gotten too hard. Uh, I, I'm just going to end it. Uh, I'm calling to tell you goodbye. And she had done this before, and I remember the conversation well. Um, it was the last time I spoke to her. Uh, she took her own life. And so over and over again, every January 3rd, my mind goes back to that day. And my mind goes back to that day and says, you know, why did you say this to her? You should have not said this and you should have said that because if you had said that, she might still be here today. You know, there's little pleasure or insight to be gained from rumination. On the contrary, it's mostly associated with worry, anxiety, and depression. Rumination ha has a, a heavy and an involuntary tone to it. You, you don't even know you're doing it at times. I've come to find that worrying over yesterday is just as deadly as worrying about tomorrow. Both of them rob us of the joy we're supposed to have today. With that in mind, I, I, I wanna show you two examples. There, there are two people in the New Testament who had reason to ruminate over their past. I mean, both of these men had very sordid pasts. Uh, the first one was a man by the name of Saul of Tarsus. You might know him by Paul, the apostle. Uh, before he was converted to Christ, he went by Saul. Uh, after his conversion, he took the name Paul. Before Saul of Tarsus became a Christian, he was enemy number one of the New Testament church. He was responsible for the death of possibly thousands and thousands of Christians. I want to take you to Acts chapter 9. We, we've been here before, uh, but, but I want you to see how deadly and how serious Saul was. Picking up in verse 1 of Acts chapter 9. Meanwhile, Saul was breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and he asked for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so he could find anyone there who belonged to the way any Christians he could find, whether man or woman, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. And what that text doesn't tell us, but what history tells us is that Paul would take prisoners to Jerusalem. They would be tried. Many of them would be executed simply for pronouncing their faith in Jesus Christ. I mean, Paul was very clear about his past. Um, he started this little church and the church grew and exploded. And he later wrote this church that he started these words in Galatians 1.13. He said, for you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. So Saul is now ministering to people he once hated. He once persecuted. He once wanted dead, some of which he ordered to be executed himself. In fact, even after he became a Christian, people were still afraid of him because of his reputation, because of his past. They didn't trust him. We see this in Acts chapter 9, verse 26, where 
Paul comes into Jerusalem. He says, when he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, the followers of Jesus. But they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. See, they thought, we know your past. We, we know what you're about. We know all the people you're responsible for arresting, putting in jail, having beaten, uh, some of them being executed. And, and, and we think you're just here uh, to do that to us. I want you to think about it. Some of the people that he may have come in contact with when he was starting churches could have very well came up to him and said, you know what? You had my mother and father arrested. You had them drug out of their homes. I remember seeing that and they're now dead. So it's perfectly natural that a lot of people didn't trust this guy. So if, if anyone in the Bible had past regrets, it was Saul of Tarsus. But I want you to see what he writes to the Philippian church in Philippians chapter 3. He writes these words, picking up in verse 13. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it on my own. But don't miss this here. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. He, he says, what good is it for me to relive my past? I don't, I forget all that stuff. I've been forgiven by God. I've repented. I've made reconciliation. And so I'm not going to let that chain me up. I'm not going to let my past define me, but rather I'm going to press on towards what lies ahead. What lies ahead? The, the prize of being called upward to be in our glory with Jesus Christ. He's not letting his past define him. There's this story told of a family who went on vacation and they, they came across a large road sign that read, road close, do not enter. Well, the father was driving and he thought he would outsmart everyone. And he thought, I'm, I'm going to go around this sign uh, because this is definitely going to be the shorter route than the way they're detouring us. And so um, he went around the sign. And for a couple miles, everything was great. He had a big smile on his face. He thought he was like the smartest man in the world. But he got about six miles down the road and he realized he had to stop because there had been a bridge that was totally wiped out. Well, his proud smile was replaced with a humble sweat. And so he turned the car around and he retraced his steps back to the main road. When he arrived at the original warning sign, he was greeted by letters on the back of that sign that said this, welcome back, stupid. <laughs> you know, I think living in the past does this to us. When I find myself not living this verse about forgetting about what's behind and pressing on what's ahead of me, and I waller in my own worry and my own anxiety and my own self-pity, I eventually come to my senses. And when I come to my senses, I always say to myself, welcome back, stupid. Uh, because looking back encourages the possibility of going back. See, we forget what's behind and we strain for what's ahead of us. Another man who had a sordid past was the Apostle Peter. Peter was very close to Jesus. Um, he spent a lot of time with him. Jesus poured a lot into him. Uh, he lived with Jesus for three years. Jesus took Peter from being a common, ordinary fisherman 
who would become this great evangelist, this great disciple of the Lord. Peter saw Jesus perform all kinds of miracles, heal the sick, raise the dead, walk on water. He even walked on water with Jesus. Well, Peter makes this bold statement in Matthew chapter 26. In Matthew chapter 26, Jesus is trying to explain to his disciples that his time is up, that he's going to be arrested, he's going to be crucified, he's going to be put in the grave, he's going to suffer. And when this happens, he tells them, listen, all of you guys are going to scatter. It's going to be my darkest hour and you are going to leave me. You're going to forsake me. You're going to, to scatter. Well, here's what Peter says in Matthew 26, 33 through 35. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. So I can see him pointing to all the other disciples, kind of putting his chest out saying, I know these other guys are going to fall away, but I, I, I never will. Verse 34, truly, truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night, before the rooster crows, before the sun comes up, you will disown me, not once, not twice, but three times. And in verse 35, Peter again declares, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. In other words, he says, I'm going to be here for you, Jesus. I would never do that. To you. You may not be able to count on all these other guys, but you can count on me. Well, here's what happens in the very same chapter. Indeed, Jesus is arrested and, and Peter does scatter. He finds himself in, in the courtyard. And I want you to see this. It's kind of a long passage of scripture. So stay with me. Matthew 26, picking up in verse 69. Now, Peter was sitting out in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said, but he denied it before all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. So there's denial number one. Verse 71, then he went out to the gateway and another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath saying, I do not know the man. With an oath, he was swearing. He was saying, I swear to you, I do not know the man. Verse 73, after a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, surely you're one of them. Your accent gives you away. I love that. In other words, you're a redneck from Galilee. There's no mistaking that accent. You talk like all those guys do. Then he began to call down curses. So he's using profanity. Now, this great disciple of God who said, I'll never leave you. I'll, I'll never forsake you. Even if all these other chumps bail on you, I won't. I will die for you. He's now cursing the name of Jesus. And he said to them, I swear to you, I don't know the man. Immediately, a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crowed, you will deny me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. I mean, you want to talk about a person who could easily maintain regrets? Peter had to live with that. Not just denying him, but just cursing the very name of Jesus. But Peter didn't let that keep him trapped. He repented. 
Later in the gospel, Jesus comes to him in a resurrected form, forgives him, reinstates him, and Peter becomes one of the, if not the, most influential persons in the New Testament in regards to the kingdom of God. And I love what he writes in 1 Peter 5, 7. He says this, it's a very simple verse, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I love that because Peter says, cast all your anxiety, not just the anxiety uh, of, uh, that you might feel about what might happen tomorrow, but all your anxiety, even the, the past mistakes you've made, when you think about them, they tense you up, they bring you anxiety, Pat, cast all of that onto him. Those things that paralyze you, those, those regrets that keep you up at night, that constant state of wheel spinning, all that stuff, cast it on Jesus because he cares for you. I love the word picture given here. Peter says, cast all your anxiety on him. Now, Peter was a fisherman uh, by trade. He grew up as a fisherman and, and they used nets there. So Peter was very familiar with the, with casting nets. Uh, my boys have little cast nets. Uh, I don't know if you've ever used one of these little cast nets, but they are incredibly hard to use. Um, we went to the beach this summer and, and we stayed right on the cotton bayou. We had our own private little dock to, to, to fish off of and they were practicing casting those nets and, and they weren't doing a very good job. Uh, neither, neither was I. Uh, so my son, Jalen, he's our oldest. He definitely is the best one at using a cast net. And on his very first cast, he threw it in the, in the bayou and lo and behold, uh, he, he caught a fish. But I want you to see a picture of a person using one of these things. They look like they're very easy to use, but, but they're not. Uh, you have to know how to use them. And, and one thing that you have to, to, to do is you have to have some endurance because they get heavy. Uh, it gets hard. And so you have to, to throw, almost thrust th these nets as far as possible into the water. What I love about that is this is what Peter says. Hey, all this worry, all this anxiety, whether it stems from the fear of the future or the regret from the past, Cast it on Jesus, thrust it on him, throw it all on Jesus. He will take care of you because he loves you. One man said to his friend, he said, man, you look depressed. What are you thinking about? My future was the quick answer. Well, what makes you look so hopeless? My past. Cast all of that onto Jesus your future, your present, your past, all those things that cause us to worry, fear, and doubt, all those things that keep us up at night, cast it all on Jesus. You know, last week, Matt used the phrase for 2021 about not really knowing when we're going to be over this COVID thing, about the change of administration and politics, uh, about all the personal worries and doubts that we might have. Uh, and he threw out this phrase, a very simple phrase. He said, listen, you, you, we need to understand God's got this. Well, let me say this about the worry that you might have from your past regrets, your past mistakes. God got that too. God took care of that too. 
Our identity is not found in our past. Our identity is found in Jesus Christ. And so I I want you to understand, uh, you're not the woman who had an abortion 30 years ago. You're not the the, the man who, who, who maybe wrecked your marriage 25 years ago and you lost your spouse. You're not a, just an addict. You're not just, just a negative person. That's not your identity. Those things that happened in the past are in the past for a reason. And like Warren Wearsby said, they're not an anchor to hold us back. They're a rudder to steer us to make better decisions in our lives. We don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. But also we don't need to worry about yesterday because yesterday already took care of itself. We hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast today. If you'd like to learn more about Elevate or partner with us in what God is doing here, check out our website at elevatecc.com. Until next time, God bless you and thanks again.